Welcome to On The Bounce, where we discuss resilience and its practical application in our lives. Together, we'll discover the tools needed to empower ourselves, develop positive thoughts, and accomplish our goals to become the best versions of ourselves. Welcome to On The Bounce, where we discuss resilience and its practical application in our lives. Together, we'll discover the tools needed to empower ourselves, develop positive thoughts, and accomplish our goals to become the best versions of ourselves. Hello. Well, welcome, listeners. We are back with another exciting, exciting episode. Happy New Year to all of our listeners. And who better than to start the year off with my my first guest that I had last year to start us off with uh, with our uh, podcast this year, Nick Men. Thank you. You are the man. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much. It's good to be back on the show. It's exciting to see that you have stuck with it and you're still doing it and impacting your community. So I love I love seeing it and I'm honored to be here. Yeah, absolutely. First of all, Happy New Year. It has been, I think, an interesting and uh, uh, interesting year for so many people. And I would love to take this opportunity to catch up and just to do a comparison, right? And also just like a buddy check for each other and see how we're doing and making sure that, you know, we are, we, we stay true to our cause and what we are definitely trying to uh, accomplish. So uh, with that being said, if we can just, uh, for my new listeners, uh, if you can give an introduction about yourself and what you do, what you've been up to. <laughs> yeah. So uh, I am Nick Mann. I currently run a mental, emotional, and physical wellness online platform focused in the education space. So we partner with K through 12 school districts and schools all over the world. It's been an exciting year. We were already in, I think last time we talked in New Zealand, Australia, some in Europe, but we've really had a big push in Canada. Obviously we're in the US and then we just got our newest uh, international school in Lebanon. So it's been really exciting to see our community grow and to continue to kind of put a, a real action-based focus on student and educator mental and physical wellness. But my background, I'm a veteran of the Marine Corps. Uh, after that life of, of eight years in the Marine Corps Infantry, I moved on to health and fitness, where I was blessed to be to cross paths with you uh, as a gym owner and coach, uh, coaching fitness and nutrition and all the things. And then through that, I started working in our local school district, just trying to kind of give back. And that has kind of just spiraled and gone 18 different ways to now run our online program. My year has been crazy. Um, since we last talked, my girlfriend went on a deployment to the Middle East. Um, she was in right in the middle of all the Afghanistan stuff at the uh, airport and everything. Oh, wow. So that was, that was uh, interesting to be on the supportive side of that as the one that has deployed in the past. Absolutely. Um, but I, while she was gone, I, I'm, I'm currently in my self-converted van that I built to travel. And I traveled for seven months straight um, all through the Western US, um, the Pacific Northwest into Montana and Idaho and Wyoming, 
over then finally over to the east coast to see family and then now i'm back on the west coast i'm actually in the desert uh in anza borrego uh for the week just kind of getting out in the middle of nowhere and focusing on work and taking care of myself for the week so it's good to do this well awesome i'll tell you what for the list for my listeners i also uh nick and i are also friends on facebook and i and i vicariously live through his pictures every time he posts post of uh, the beauty of nature and all the yep. uh all the awesomeness that he gets to partake uh living uh living and just being part of nature every day so i am i tell you what i appreciate those pictures i love it and it makes me feel and reminds me of just being able to just take a pause and appreciate yep. what we have around us every day that we sometimes take for granted. So with Yeah, with, that's that oh yeah, so that's something I really learned firsthand this mm -hmm. year through traveling. I've always wanted to travel, but through the military and with the gym, I couldn't really get out, right? Mm -hmm. And there were just so many moments that whether I was driving on some mountain road or I was going on a hike or whatever it may ride my mountain bike that would literally just like take my breath away. You're just mm. like, wow, like this is so amazing. And we can all have those moments, but we mm -hmm. get caught up in work and home and all these things that we have going. And we just forget, like you said, to slow down. And maybe instead of doing the typical whatever we do on Saturday mornings, we drive that 30 minutes and go for a hike mm. and we just take advantage of where we are. It doesn't have to be obviously traveling full time or anything like that, but taking action to put yourself in those situations to improve your mental health. I mean, nature is so powerful yeah. when it comes to mental and emotional well-being and physical well-being, obviously. Um, but I learned it really, it really hit me hard because I came back to the East Coast and I was in the Northern Virginia area where I lived for 10 years. And I went to hike on the, the Appalachian Trail for a little bit. And I went to, you know, all these cool nature spots that were so close to me for 10 years mm -hmm. that I never went to. And I was like, it takes me traveling like from the West Coast back to here to actually do these things. And it's just like, that's not how it should be. Um, so take advantage of wherever you are and do, do things true. outdoors. Yeah, no, absolutely. I think that's a, and I think even just looking back at this year and some of the, some of the forced life lessons that we've learned through, through the pandemic, through the, uh, through the evolve, evolve, uh, evolution of the pandemic and what it, what is done for some people, uh, for some people it's forced us to just kind of stop and, and reevaluate lifestyle, quality of lifestyle, uh, what your space looks like, how much you put into your daily activities and what comes out of it. Because for many of us, we struggled when all that was taken away from us, all that material stuff, all, all those resources that we find ourselves just indulging, but recognizing that when taken away, now what do I do? Who am I? How do I spend my time? What is the, how do I determine the quality of my life? And so right. much of that was question for so many people during this pandemic. And sometimes the, the simple, simple basics of just, just go outside and just take a breath. Yeah. Sit, sit in the sunshine and breathe and you will yeah. feel so much better. <laughs> it's crazy how it works. Yeah. Um, you don't have to spend a ton of money. You don't need yeah. the latest app and VR goggles and all the things. <laughs> Obviously who knows what that world's going to look like in a few years, but 
you just got to go outside and breathe and take a yeah. second for yourself and slow down. That's something that's so important, just slowing down. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I definitely want to take a, a minute to recognize um, your girlfriend and ask about how is she doing and uh, when can we expect her around time to come home and how does all that looking for her? Yeah, she's back. Oh, so fantastic. She, yeah, she got back in... Oh man, what month is it? January. Uh, she got back in October. Okay. So she got back, I think, late October. She just took a big block of leave, went home for the holidays to North Carolina, all that good stuff. But she's doing well. It was definitely a challenging time for her. There was a lot of, as we all saw on the news, she saw firsthand. Mm -hmm. There were some questionable leadership decisions. There were questionable yeah. execution decisions, um, which are hard to see when you're in the upper she's a major in the marine corps mm. and was a debt commander for a large group of marines that were at the airfield doing amazing things with very limited resources so you know obviously very proud of her and her work that she did and you know it's challenging but it's something that you know combat and the world of military operations is a, a challenging place yeah. um, in all situations so it's something you deal with and hopefully we're getting to a point obviously we know veteran suicide is a terrible terrible thing something i'm also very passionate about mental health of veterans um but i think there are resource more resources now than there were i hope that you know those marine all the marines that have gone through and every every branch of service um, those challenging circumstances have the ability to reach out and find the help that they need but she's doing well she's actually transitioning out of the military in april um, whoop, whoop. <laughs> yeah, who knows what that looks like? She doesn't know. I don't know. Um, so we'll we'll catch up this time next year, and I'll give you an update on what, what she's doing with her life. She yeah. she may she may be in the van with me, We're traveling. Hopefully, we'll see. Hey, it's not a bad gig at all. Not a bad not, gig at all. But you know, yeah, absolutely. But no, I'm mean, telling you, it's great. Well, I'm, I'm glad that she's doing well, and uh, you know, we are we recognize that there are layers of uh, transitions. And with dealing with this transition and dealing with the transition of separating from the military, it's a process. And, you know, the and for being that, you know, this time last year, I was transitioning and now I'm still kind of going through the process and learning, yep. relearning, learning, relearning, constantly uh, evolving that one of the things that I had to be, uh, I had to learn was be kind to myself. And Rome wasn't built in a day. <laughs> yep, 100%. And also recognizing that I'm not going to have the answers for everything that I get my hands on. And one of the biggest things that I, I, I struggle with every day, even with my, with my supervisor is slowing down the, the ability to slow down in the military. We're, we're always on and we're constantly moving at a hundred miles per hour. Matter of fact, yep. most of our mantra is hurry up and wait. That's what we've yep. learned for so much of our military career that that's the mindset and that's our lifestyle that we've just kind of lived on. And that's kind of the rhythm that we've lived on. So now that when we are not on that, on that same wavelength, it really, it really rocks us to our core because now we're just trying to figure out and just put it all together and undo what we've, what we've done or been dealing with for so long. It's not an easy transition. And then when you add other things like recovering from, or, you know, De decompressing from war and all these other things, yep. it definitely adds to. So that's why when we look at these veteran suicide numbers, it's not something that we want to just kind of keep uh, 
you know, uh, bringing up, but there's so many factors that add to triggers that, you know, we have to make sure that we are honest about these conversations and making sure that we are being mindful and being available to those individuals that need those opportunities to have those outlets. Yeah, hundred percent. I mean, there's, there's so many great things you take away from the military, but there are also so many things that create challenges when you transition into the real world, if that's what we call it. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I love that you have that perspective. What's the, obviously slowing down is a big lesson learned. What was kind of the biggest challenge outside of work, uh, maybe like identity based that you faced and how, what have you learned from that and how have you grown? <sighs> Oh my gosh, honestly, Nick, that 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 question grows every day because I don't realize the layers of it. You know, the first the first part you think it's simple, like, okay, I gotta learn how to translate my skills. And so right. you you get you get to that part and then you realize you get a job. Now I'm like, well, I don't understand whatever anybody is saying. I don't understand <laughs> I don't understand how to communicate not military and being able to understand uh, how to translate or how to articulate my my thoughts and my needs. How do I really uh, provide when I'm providing, I'm not providing a commander's intent now, I am providing a business, uh, a business proposal, right. two different things. So I think a lot of it was just recognizing that there are, there are knowledge gaps. There is there's time and there is time that I, that I have to forgive myself and be kind as far as recognizing that it's not just going to be that next step and I'm there and I'm going to be that subject matter expert. I'm not going to walk into this organization and be the go-to person. I may not even be the go-to person for a long time. And I had to be okay with that. I had to be okay with the person, with who I am and me learning every day and recognizing that every day is going to be something different, but it's not, and it may even be challenging in many cases, but it's not something that I, I, I need to run away from and just taking it slowly. Yeah. I mean, if you think back to when you first got in the military, uh-huh. you, you, you definitely didn't know what they were saying with military yeah. speak. Um, so yeah, it's, it's giving yourself that grace, having compassion for yourself. A lot of times and I know you have compassion for others. It's the, the hardest thing to do is give compassion to yourself, right? Especially yeah. after you've been a high performer for a full career yeah. in the military, right? And all of a sudden you're like, oh my God, I'm starting over. Um, it's something I've put a lot of thought into lately and I'm having conversations about like the chapters of life, mm-hmm. like people, the military pretty much makes you have chapters, right? My chapter yeah. was eight years long, plus all the training ahead of time. Yours was 20 plus years long mm-hmm. and that's a long chapter, but now you're turning the page into a new chapter and it takes time to develop, you know, what's going to happen in this chapter. And that chapter mm-hmm. may be a year. It could be five years. And I want a lot of chapters because that growth you see is so powerful and it's fun. Like this traveling chapter has been so exciting because I'm seeing new things. I'm experiencing, I'm meeting different people. Mm -hmm. Um, and it's just, it could be a short chapter. I hope it's a long chapter. Um, but you know, what's next? I don't want to get trapped into, Hey, I've got one chapter and then I retire and I sit in my home somewhere and that's my next chapter. And then my book, closes yeah. and I don't, and the, and the story is not awesome. Right. I want yeah. to make a, an awesome story. Yeah. You know, and that's, I, I really appreciate that. I really think that, you know, when you, 
when you just take away the the lesson in that is that you're the one that's writing you're the one that's writing your story you're the one that's yep. the narrative to your story so it's it's however you decide and wherever direction you want to go there's no rule to it and that's one of the things that i recognize even as a parent right and we're going to jump into when we talk about students we you know you know, you said, you said uh, you know, have that grace, not only in your professional aspect, but as a person, as a parent, you know, it's so easy to judge, uh, to put these, these judgments, filters on, but based off of what everyone else is doing and what everyone else thinks you should be doing, where you should be in your life. And then you create right. these false expectation managements and then now constantly adding these undue stresses, stressors in your life. And and I think that when you when you just kind of peel it back and recognize that I'm the one that is in control as far as where I am, where I'm going, then there's there's definitely an appreciation that goes along with it. Yeah, I just on the parenting piece, this just popped in my head. I just had a guy on my podcast <laughs> last week and he's a TEDx speaker, an author. And uh -huh. one of my questions I ask is like, hey, if you were going to give a TEDx talk this weekend, what would the topic be? And he was like, oh, it'd be on parenting. I'd write a book about how none of us know what we're doing and we're all just <laughs> figuring it out. And he's like, have grace with yourself because we don't know what we're doing. And I was like, oh, that's awesome. Uh, as a non-parent and maybe one day a parent, uh, uh -huh. that's good to know. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think, you know, we are writing our own story and we have to, a lot of the mental health issues, you know, I, I'm always going to tie it back to mental health because that's what I'm, I'm passionate about really. Um, are associated with us worried about other people judging mm -hmm. what we're doing, right? You have yeah. to have this work. You have to have this car. You have to be in this house. You have to be yeah. doing this. Your relationship has to look like this. You need to parent like that. And at the end of the day, you know, if, if we honestly took a look at like all the issues everyone has in trying to write their own story, we'd know that like they're just covering something up. And at the end of the day, it doesn't matter. Yeah. And you know, the Stoics have this great saying, Momento Mori, like we're all gonna die. Yeah. And as as hard as it is, it is to admit, like two, you know, two decades from now, not decades, but like a century from now, no one's gonna remember your name. Like yeah. if you think like, do you know your great great grandparents and do you know their story and who they were? Yeah. Probably not, right? Mm -hmm. And you know, that's gonna be us in a certain amount of time. So yeah. And just enjoy your time here. Spend time with the people that you enjoy. Write an epic story that someone mm. wants to read and, you know, have grace with yourself. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, this is always this is also exciting for me because, you know, our oldest Layla. And mm -hmm. so Layla is in her final semester in college. She's about to finish her, uh, her degree. I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> so she's about to finish a degree as a paralegal, right? And you know, it's just it's just great seeing her. And and so um, and now we have our now our three year old twins, girls, mm -hmm. and uh, being able to find that happy medium. And again, also we talk about the grace that grace as parents. But so when you speak about mental health, it is constantly in our minds as far as how do we create uh, tools and resources for our children to become resilient in dealing with challenges that we would have never imagined that they would have had to deal with? We are yep. now dealing in a world that many of us don't even have the answers to. 
but we're being reactive and trying to create a, a trying to create opportunities or resources for our children to be able to manage, to understand, process, and now to create their own world within all of this chaos. Yeah, I think I mean it the world is changing so quickly, right? Yeah. A, a couple generations back, nothing really changed that much. It was mm-hmm. like oh, cars now can go farther or whatever. But since the computer age and technology, things are changing, you know, the ability to be impacted from people across the world or for students, you know, the ability that like, when I was bullied in high school, it stopped at the end of the school day. Yeah. But now, like I, yeah. I had somewhere, I, I had my neighborhood to go home to and like yeah. be, be okay. Yeah. Um, but now it's like, it's 24 seven, 365. Yeah. You have, you have to look a certain way, be a certain way, act a certain way at all times on yeah. all mediums. And you know, the problems that come with that. So like, it's hard to keep up with all the changes and challenges that students are going to possess. But, and I am no parent. I am not definitely not giving parenting advice to anyone listening to this, but I think the, there's power in failure mm. and taking taking failure, the opportunity of failure away from young people, away from adults too, like not allowing them to fail and then learn, mm. I think is a disservice to our young people, like making it just, yeah. Hey, there's no, there's no place for failure. We're all sunshine and butterflies. It's just not true. Right. But yeah. if you look back at your life and I look back at mine, the things that have stuck with me and what I've really learned from and made, like it caused me to make positive changes were those times that were hard. There yeah. were the times that, you know, put me in uncomfortable situations or I legit failed and fail flat on my face. But if we have the mindset of fail forward, mm-hmm. learn from your failures, allow our student, our students, our children to fall down, allow them to lose the game, allow them to fail a class. You know, we don't want that, but just like a, the super smart educator that I have my podcast said, we have to separate the idea of, failure is forever mm, like in, yeah. in school, you know, they take a failing grade. And if you fail enough times, no matter what, you're going to fail the class. Yeah. But what if I fail all the tests, but in all those tests, I'm getting better. I'm getting better. I'm getting better. At the end of the year, I've learned, am I still yeah. a failure or should yeah. I pass the class? Mm. So it's like a mindset shift of, you know, failure is not forever. Like we can learn through these failures and build that resiliency. Right. But it, it, it takes time and making mistakes. Yeah, absolutely. I, I I absolutely agree with you. Cody and I, we talk about that all the time is that uh, changing or not changing, but introducing the idea that it's okay. <laughs> it's okay. There's nothing wrong with making a mistake. There's nothing wrong with failure and that those don't determine who you are going to be. And I believe 100%. you and I talked about that last time we, ha- we were on the podcast. And I think that when we talk about social media, there's so much good in the power of social media. But there's also the the other side of it. When we become used to the instant gratification, the uh, the need for for having so many hundred likes because I posted something, right. a picture. And if we don't get those results that that dopamine fix from the from the uh, from the social media, then I'm not good enough. 
I'm not as good as this other person. And so as, as we create, as we start moving forward and create this new norm of everything needs an answer now, everything has an answer now, then what is the, what does the later look like? What does that, where does that pause come in? Where does that, that due diligence of learning ourselves and kind of putting in the extra work and just putting in that, you know, getting, getting your, your feet, your, your hands dirty. Yeah. It's got to start somewhere. Right. And now yeah. would be my question to you with the twins, mm. you know, how are you as a parent, as you know, two parents setting them up for success for the challenges of, you know, judgment on social media or criticism or failure, mm -hmm. you know, how do you set them up now? As you said, three years old. Yeah. Starting at age three, how are we setting them up for success? You know, I think, you know, it's, that's a, that's a great question. And, and unfortunately my husband and I, we stress about that every day because we kind of think about what does this look like and how do we, how do we take their personality and let them be true to who they are, recognize right. that, you know, the, I think our first goal is making sure that they have a bona fide comfort of who they are internally and not letting, not letting anything being, be able to penetrate that. And that's really where we are trying to develop that true, authentic uh, view of self. Mm -hmm. And so we have so and, and and I'm not saying that we have a chance to do it again um, as parents and not making it seem like we didn't do well with Layla. We are extremely <laughs> proud with our with our baby girl there. Uh, but what we what we did see is that as parents, we put so much effort in trying to speed up the timeline. We put so much effort on the, oh, I can't wait till you turn this. I can't wait for your 13th birthday, your 16th birthday. Your, you know, and everything was just, I can't wait to fast forward time. Right. So now our mindset is that our focus is trying to reverse that. We, we are slowing down as much as we can so we can be more present in the moments that we can control. And that's right. really what our focus is, is that how as parents can we be as present so they know that they matter in the moments that we provide them? Yeah, that they matter and that you're yes. there for them and yes. you can you can focus on them. I think, yes. you know, probably when you were younger and I can I can attest that if I had a child when I was younger and I'm 37 now, it, I mean, my focus was all over the place. It's still all, yes. all over the place. That's why I don't have them. Right. Um, but like in the military and all the things, like it's, mm -hmm. it's so hard to be present for someone else because yeah. there's so much going on mm -hmm. otherwise. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I think establishing those priorities and hopefully understanding that just work is work and like, yeah. that's what it is. Right. Yeah. Um, and that family and the impact you're going to have on your children or anyone that you spend time with is going to be more important in the long run. Yeah. So, you know, it's so we would talk about the app, the, your wellness focus, right? Mm -hmm. How do you get that message for a generation that is so social, socially or internet driven? How do you try to drive the message of connection, of finding those people who you can really connect and identify with when we're always so separated by the screen? Yeah, I, I mean, honestly, I don't think we 
we have yet to dive really into relationship building. Mm, right? I, okay. I put out a, a weekly, you know, social, emotional, mental health uh, video for the students that are on the app. And it's just a short three to five minute video on a certain topic. We started with self-awareness. Now we're in self-management. Um, and a lot of it starts with self, obviously. So it's a building mm -hmm. block approach. But something I talked to a counselor about this morning was I would love, especially for our high school students, that it gets more into adult type skills. Like we don't, mm -hmm. we don't need to talk about the same things we talked about in middle school with high school students, right? And what are those things that cause the most stress for adults? Hey, relationships, money, yeah. health, you know, those are the things that limit adults and create stress and anxiety and all these things. So why can't we start talking about them in school when we have what we assume to be undivided attention? It may or may not be, um, <laughs> but we try. But, you know, I don't, I don't know. We, we're definitely not doing it yet with the technology, but with the, the kids that I've mentored since they're in seventh grade, now they're seniors, you know, I always talk to them about, you know, prioritizing their relationships and being just a good human, you know, mm. like taking, taking care of people that, you know, maybe you don't see that are supported because, you know, I think back to high school and I know the names of the people that did not treat others well. Yes. Whereas I, I couldn't, I couldn't give you the names of even some of my friends because that's yeah. the kind of impact that's left. And I was like, you don't want that to be your legacy from growing up. Cause I don't, I don't care what they've done in their life since then. Like they left, they left a lasting impression, even at that young age on me, that was negative. So prioritize having compassion, having empathy, you know, these, these traits that I would argue a lot of students don't even know what they mean. Um, but using those words so that they can put an action to those words. And that's what we try to stress is you could talk about it. You can watch a video on it, you know, so many topics, but unless you're like taking action to be that person to impact those around you, um, to have those soft skills, if you will, um, you know, it doesn't really matter. Yeah. You know, it's, it's really interesting that when we are, when we look at the, the time difference, I wouldn't even say that uh, difference in time, but just the, how things have evolved, not much has changed in the sense of stressors, but the way that it, it, it impacts our our kids it almost seems that it 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 it's deeper than when you and i went to school or when you and i you know were uh where these were situations or uh stressors for us and why do you think that is i mean i think it goes back to um one the constant of it mm. i mean i don't know my phone i remember i was like you're constantly, constantly on your phone. You're constantly comparing yourself to someone else. You're constantly supported or unsupported by likes and shares and all the things. I mean, we feel it when we produce content and you're like, oh my God, why the, I only got three listens on my podcast. Like I thought that was going to be awesome. You know, and we feel it and we have years of Mm -hmm. emotional training or experience um, to protect ourselves, right? And be like, ah, it doesn't really matter. Uh, I'm going to move on. But our, our young people don't have that in middle school. Like I can't imagine having social media in middle school. Like 
and being judged and not supported and to to know like that oh this person got a million views on a video and i got three and you know and then not only is that at school that that pressure is there but then it's also at home because i'm right back on my phone or i'm right back yeah. on my laptop or chromebook or ipad or whatever they have it's just constant so i think that's part of it and then i think society has gone away from again allowing people to fail and then having the hard conversations around that so not just hey you failed figure it out it's like okay let's talk about what happened okay you were you're bullied at school what were the emotional that you felt during that experience okay okay great that's so great that you're willing to share that you felt that here's here's an instance where i felt that as well so providing something to relate to that young person mm. and then again facilitating that learning experience you know and that's what prevents it from being fail 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 maybe learn something it's fail discussion progress maybe fail again maybe or we've learned and we can grow from that moment and maybe prevent those failures but if we if we don't allow failure and then take the effort mm. to facilitate growth yeah from parents, from teachers. And this is something that like, I've started pissing people off on Twitter, which is like the big educational platform. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. It's huge. I, I, I stress that, you know, we have students for eight hours a day. Yeah. Why are we, if we, if we've identified that mental health is an issue, but we're still teaching something that I can ask my phone and the little robot in my phone can give me an answer in 0. 0.0001 seconds yeah why am I asking a student to memorize that fact that they're never going to use again but i'm unwilling to change the curriculum to teach them mm. what it is to teach yeah. them what mental health is and teachers saying we don't have time we do enough it should be the parents and i'm like they're at they're at school less than they're with parents yeah so if like if they're going to be there we might as well take the initiative to do something about it yeah you you saying I do enough is like the problem is like it just it, people are starting to get upset, but I'm okay with that. See, but you know, I would even go as far as, as the parent on the other side who I am, I want to know what you want me to do and right. how can we create this relationship where we're seeing it on both ends? Because my struggle is that as a parent who I think I'm involved in my child's life, and I try to impose these morals and values in my child's life, goes to this facility, and so much of it is undone in seconds. 100%. <laughs> in seconds, and the years that I spend as a parent trying to create these core, core values, then it just, it's gone in seconds when, you know, they, they get into these environments. So, so when we say as, as parents or the ask of teachers is not that it's just, we're just trying, we just want, we just want what we teach our kids to stick and vice versa, right? right? Let's create cultures where, you know, empathy and being kind to each other is the norm, not the exception. And yeah. And I agree. It's a team effort. Like, yeah. I, I, you know, parents, parents should be doing their part, which there are right. parents that do great. And there are parents that don't do great. Right. But teachers, it needs to be a community, a community, like you said, that is supportive on both sides. And, 
when a student goes to school, the same values should be in place. And the example, that's something I've been harping on since the beginning. It's like impact by example. If teachers aren't carrying themselves that way, if school leadership isn't carrying themselves that way, then how can we expect students to do the same? Right. Um, yeah. So it's definitely a team effort. Yeah, no, absolutely agree. So as far as um, with mental health within um, students, I know that there, I have spoken to people where, um, you know, they've told me or I've, I've heard the statements where we are, um, we're being too nice or we're making, we're making subjects bigger than they need to be. How do you feel about that? Or what, what is your um, say on that? So I think we, we definitely give us as adults, we give young people these words that they're now using to explain every single feeling. So when I was a kid, I don't think I ever heard the word anxiety, yeah. depression, mm -hmm. mental health. I didn't hear those words. So I didn't, one, I don't know how often I... I felt them or when I, when I was bullied, I definitely didn't know how to identify it. I just knew that it wasn't fun, mm -hmm. but I did, I didn't, I wasn't given the outlet and I don't know if this is right or wrong, but I wasn't given the outlet to define it. Mm. And then that definition is then associated with a response. Mm. It's, and I don't think the response is tailored to the student. The response is tailored to the word that someone student adult in that process assigned to it so a student that gets bullied and is made to feel vulnerable and unsafe is different than a student that may have anxiety associated with a certain activity based on their upbringing those are very different situations very that, sh that should be handled in very different ways by professionals yeah. Someone that has been bullied doesn't need probably the in-depth level of counseling that someone who's been, you know, gone through an abusive experience from the age of zero to now. And neither of them need narcotics or drugs as the first line of defense. And I think that is the problem is that schools are understaffed. There are no school counselors. Um there's no money, you know, all these things exist that have created these problems, but it's so easy to say, oh, that kid said they have anxiety. Here's the answer. And it's one size fits all. That kid said they're depressed. They don't even know what depression is. Yeah. They don't actually know what clinical depression, like legit definition by someone way smarter than me, probably not smarter than you, but smarter than me, um, has has created, right? But we we have this now blanket that if a trigger word pops up from a student or from adult, from adults are the same, then we, we throw this automated response to the student. And I don't think that's the solution, right? We've given them that answer. And if you give someone a way out and you give them an excuse for feeling the way they felt, as opposed to, hey, having deep, hard conversations, like, Okay, let's 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 dive in here and let's like let's figure out what we can do to learn from this and become better and become stronger, become more resilient. Instead of, hey, it's okay. You have anxiety and you're depressed. Here's here's the uh here's what we give everyone that's going through that. Um and that we thinking that's gonna help. Yeah, absolutely. I 
I absolutely agree. And I think that um, I really like how you've just kind of uh, expressed two different scenarios. You cannot treat you cannot treat those situations with a blanket and expect expect to get the best results. And right. and at and at the end of the day, right? That's that's really what it comes down to. What is the result? How is what is that impact? What is that what is that now new core um, emotion that has been introduced? And what is how is that going to impact later on the journey, the the growth of that individual? Yeah, and if we don't treat them, I mean, we we see this as adults, and I have my own issues as an adult. They're like I see that things were never addressed, and like. I grew up in a household and whether or not my parents listen to this, who knows, they know it's true. Like there was no emotional talk. There was nothing with regards to mental health, emotional well-being. It was like, this is who we are. We work hard. And my parents sacrificed a ton to allow me to play sports. I wasn't good at and take me to practices. And like, they sacrificed a ton and like, mm -hmm. I appreciate it. But when I look back, like, and maybe it was a good thing that I didn't hear those words and like, who knows, but that just wasn't, that wasn't who we were. Right. Yeah. Um, and I think that's just a big difference in like how we deal with things. And now I think my inability to uh, express emotion and be open to feeling emotions up until, I don't know, I'm 37, like 36 and a half, uh, <laughs> you know, has led to some hardships, whether that's in relationships or, dealing with issues that I, I faced in, in the military, um, in business, like, you know, I still don't express emotions. I'm like, Hey, good. That, that really, that's, that's hard. I'm just going to bury myself in something else and move on. And lo and behold, it's going to come up sooner or later and I'm going to have to process, but you know, like yeah. you said about parenting, we're all just figuring it out. Yeah. Right. You know, and, and I love that you brought that up because I think at the end of the day, there is no, there's no blueprint to, to right. this. But what we need to recognize is that the, the, when we provide an opportunity for the information or uh, for the trigger to be processed, then now I can now start to associate this and see, okay, this was the outcome. Now what do I want to do? How do I take this and what do I do next? Because at the end of the day, when we talk about mental health, when we talk about your wellness, the, the, it's always about moving forward. It's always about yep. being able to take that next step. Now, if we get to a point where we're stuck and we're just clouded and we're just uh, just drowning with these emotions that we just don't know what to do next, then that's where the problem is. It's not about being, it's not trying to pacify. It's not about trying to create softer generations, but it's for them to truly make the best logical next decision. Yeah. And this is, um, I had a interview with a guy who started a company called physiology first mm. and it focuses on controlling the body mm. to help control emotion. Right. Cause mm -hmm. obviously when you get into a, a stressful situation, you're feeling anxiety, heart rate goes up, mm -hmm. breath quickens, all these things happen. And if I'm a, if I'm working with students, I don't want the first time they experience that to be at a point of crisis where yes. they could hurt themselves or do something mm -hmm. dramatic. That's not what we want. And we don't want them to have to figure out how to control their heart rate and like, you know, settle down when they're in that crisis. So if we can teach yeah. students, Hey, let's teach students how to breathe. Yeah. Like, let's teach nasal breathing and 
10 deep breaths to calm themselves when they're in a stressful situation. Let's teach students how to eat healthy and walk every day so that later in life, they don't have high blood pressure. You know, they, they know how to breathe. They're, they're active. Everything becomes easier when you're healthy. Mm -hmm. Um, so like you said, the first step, maybe just to, to breathe. Yeah. Like when I, I'm going through something, I don't have anxiety. I'm feeling anxious. Yeah. And if I'm feeling anxious, I can simply stop, go outside and breathe and help control that anxious moment. Yeah. Just because I have an anxious moment doesn't need, I don't need to be diagnosed with anxiety yeah. and then have all these second, third order effects. Right. Yeah. And I think that's, we were approaching it all wrong. And again, mm -hmm. People, people probably don't want to hear my opinion, but that's my opinion. <laughs> yeah, I, and I love it. And, you know, I think that um, I think it's important that we are able to have open conversations about about this, because I feel that for years we have first there was a blanket. We didn't talk about it. It was just something that it was just, it happened behind the doors and you didn't really know who and what, what the outcome was. We didn't talk yeah, about yeah. it. You come out with a smile on your face yeah. and you fake it. You, you fake it until you hope it gets better. Yeah. yeah. And then it became a one fits one size fits all type of therapy. But now it's getting to the point that we're seeing some of the results and recognizing that that's not the best way of approach. And it's having a generational impact on right. on our society. So I think that it's important that we are we are willing to have the conversation. We are willing to take actions and we are willing to show up in our true form to just be available to the person that may need us. Yeah, 100%. It, it all starts with that conversation, whether it's a conversation yeah. with your spouse or partner or a conversation with your children or, you know, your best friend. Something we don't do as adults is like, like you said, like be, be a buddy check with your friends, like actually call and have honest, vulnerable conversations like, hey, how are you doing? Yeah. And it would be amazing. And we've, we've both seen it inside the gym. Like I'll, I'll have a personal training client or a nutrition coaching client. I'm like, Hey, how are you? Like, how's, how's life going? And all yeah. of a sudden no one ever asks. So it's just like, it all comes flowing. Word out. Vomit. Yeah. Whole, mm -hmm. They're telling coach Nick about their, their exploding marriage and all other kind of things. I was like, I just want to know how many carbs you ate today. Uh, <laughs> but that's that's a great indicator of yeah. no one asks about each other and no one's yeah. actually showing up for one another and willing to try something different. Yeah. Um, and admitting when you're wrong or you fail and like those types of conversations. So, yeah, um, I think that's important. Yeah, absolutely. I appreciate you taking the time and we being able to catch up and just having a, a year review as far as where we were almost literally last year, this year, yep. and to where we are now. I definitely want to give you an opportunity to just um, to tell people where they can find you and what you have going on. How can we support you and anything that we can do to uh, to get the word out? Yeah, so my personal uh, best way to reach out would probably be Instagram, nick.traveling. That's where you can see all the pretty photos that you mentioned. Uh, I've been kind of slacking. I got a couple months to catch up, but uh, um, I'll get those out there. So you can send me a direct message on there um, and we can chat about anything and everything. Travel, mental health, physical health, all the things. Uh, I am still doing some low level 
one-on-one coaching, um, nutrition, fitness, that kind of stuff. So should do that. Obviously, we can do that. But my big passion is with our advocate and education program. We've rebranded in the past year, so no longer teacher fit because uh, we've grown up to be much more than that. Um, so on Twitter and Instagram uh, and LinkedIn, I believe, it's advocate in education. So okay. there's some underscores in there to separate the words. But if you look for it, you'll find it. And we put out tons of content every single week from nutrition to mental health, physical health, all that good stuff. Um, but if anybody knows any school counselors that want to implement the program, that's really the only way you could support me. Like my photos so I feel good, you know. <laughs> uh, so I get that positive reinforcement that I'm okay. Uh, but uh, I think that's it. I, re- I really appreciate the opportunity. I'm looking forward to the next year of your growth. Uh, Thank you. I'm excited to hear that you're doing well p- post-military, as I knew you would. I Thank can't you. believe uh, that Layla is going to be out of college. She's not the, the bratty. <laughs> The bratty little girl that walked in the gym, however many years ago that was. Yeah, right. Um, 2015 or 16, whenever that yep. was, 16, 17. Definitely um, growth. That, uh-huh. That's that's amazing. Um, so, yeah, I look forward to January 2023 and catching up again. Absolutely. Take care, Nick. And again, Happy New Year. And thank you so much for everything that you continue to do for our communities. And thank you. Absolutely. Have a great day. As always, thank you so much for taking the time to join us and listening to On The Bounce. If you would like to read more on the topics discussed in today's episode, I have included the links to the research I have referenced in the episode description. Please feel free to share your thoughts and leave a comment. And as always, see you next time.